Welcome to the FX Money Show podcast. FX Money Show podcast. Where your host, Nick, uses his 30 years of experience to demolish the FX markets while exposing the how, why, and when of Forex in front of your eyes. So take the foggles off, subscribe and share with your most trusted friends. Pet the cat. Yes, I said pet the kitty cat. Choose some gum and put the headphones on the bone dome. Time is money. And this is the FX Money Show. All right. Uh, who the hell thought of doing an early morning call? Cody, was that you? No, this was your idea. I was crying about 6 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, if yeah. you recall. I was whining, you said. Wine and cheese, whatever. Yeah, yeah wine and wine. Yeah. Wine and wine. Um, yeah. yeah, so yeah, complain about 6 and then not complain about 6.30? What? Well, 6.30 was okay. I mean, I was up at like 5.30, which is odd. But yeah, yeah. I had to feed the cats. Of course. Priorities. Feed the cats. Forget sleep. Yep. Forget sleep. Yeah. yeah. You can get sleep that. while you're going down the highway. <laughs> you know, <boy>. <laughs> <laughs> well, you actually, technically, you probably could these days if you have like a Tesla or those self-driving cars that I keep seeing, like the taxis. What are they called? Uh, limousine. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> no, no. There's like there's like a car that drives like with like a robot or something. You oh, haven't boy. seen that yet. You, no, I. It's I actually, terrifying. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it it comes with all the fuel you need and a free pack of diapers. <laughs> oh, it's like a, like an Uber, you know, picks you up, but there's nobody like driving. It's a computer. But who cleans after you get done? So if it is a, a car similar to, well, if it's a self-driving vehicle, um, and they do give you a pack of diapers, you know, who cleans it out in between, you know, in between riders? <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I'm sure that's a problem they're going to have and have to deal with. I'm picturing, I'm picturing getting in one of these vehicles, and uh-huh. there's, and I guess because you know I I have a little one and I'm used to you know well she she was out of her diapers at two years old but I'm picturing the wrapper and like three adult diapers El Grande size, um, and the seat just you know, indented of, of size. Um, who cleans these things up? I don't know, but I, I would say that, um, you have a lot of concern about bathroom functions this week. Oh shit. Oh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pun intended. Very concerned about it. Yeah, so um, so how was your – let's go back to something more important. Um, how are the yeah. cats? Oh, the cats are very good, very mm. good. I um, I picked myself up a matching bow tie for – I have a little bow tie for my one cat, so I got a matching bow tie. I'm going to do some TikToks. We're all dressed up for work. Oh, that's fun. Little red bow ties. Yeah. And you're both going to yeah, wear it's... a red bow tie? I'm going to both have our red bow tie on. Yeah. You and the cat. Yep. Yeah, I know. It's it's pathetic. I, I don't know what happened to me. I used to be a dog person. I used to be a normal human being. Um, I don't I don't know. 
don't know. I'm just very weird now. Too much time on my hands. I don't know. Okay, where do I send the condolence cards? <laughs> I'm not going to give out my address. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I won't post it you know, too many places. Uh, but, uh, oh, good times. It sounds like it sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, did you you accomplish anything uh, trading this week? Of course, yeah. Made a few shekels, a few oh, clams. Sh- shekels, clams. Um, what yeah. other words do we have for clams and shekels? Dinare. Dinar. Fenning. We used to have fenning. Fenning. Fenning check. Fenning check. Fenning check. Um, in my military days, right, a fenning check was you had to have one fenning. Now nobody ever spent one fenning. It's the equivalent of a penny in German mark, um, but nobody ever spent one fenning, right? So you'd keep it in your wallet, and they're they're tiny little coins. They're, I mean, dimes are pretty small, but these are like maybe two thirds the diameter of a dime. They're tiny little things. Um, okay. And you'd keep them in your wallet. And if you went into a bar and somebody yelled "Fenning check," and usually U.S. you know military would answer or call for a Fenning check, if you did not have a Fenning in your wallet, you were buying that next round of beer for everyone. Huh. Yeah. So Fenning check. Nice. Fenning check. Yeah. Um, gosh. And I'm not going to say I didn't get toasted a couple of times, but I'll tell you that the, the, <laughs> the they're. There are regulations, um, European regulations for alcohol production are so much better than this side of the pond because they don't put all these preservatives in it that make you sicker than a dog and give you a hangover. I can't tell you, there's a number of times, I won't tell you how many times, but there's a number of times where I was, I guess the equivalent of pretty freaking toasted at... uh, (laughs) At uh, four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, and I went right to work at seven o'clock. No problem. Yeah. Wow. Those were the days. Man, do you think it was because you were younger, or was it the alcohol? It was I, no, clean. I just think it was stupidity. <laughs> but you know, you know. Um, Svenja, you're in Germany. Uh, do they still do fenning checks, or is that not a German thing? Is it just an American thing? Oh, it definitely is an American thing. I have yeah. never heard about it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was usually. I mean, you go out to the pubs, you know, with a bunch of guys who are in the military, around the military base, U.S. Uh, installations, um, and yeah. So that was. It was pretty common, but. Um, once in a while, once in a while, uh, you'd go to a, a little post uh, or a pub outside of your post, um, not in the local area, but maybe in a little bit, a little bit of a village or a town down the road, and somebody randomly would, a, a German, a native uh, German, would say something um, about a fenning check. You know, but I think that was just you know punching the jabs and joking with us, um, military. But uh, yeah, yeah, good times. Fending check. We'll have to do a, a pip check. Pip check. Pip check. I like it. All right, so you Whoever you has go, us to buy the next round. Yeah. Um, so you made a couple percent. Would you? Would you? Three percent. Twelve percent. Twenty percent. 
What, for the whole week? Yeah. Or just... Uh, let me think. So... Without looking at it, I'm just going to have to guesstimate, but it was probably in the 20% range. 20, 20 to yeah. 30. Yeah, that's a... That's a good week. That's a good week. Yeah, just good, it's okay. Good, good week. And Svenja, you were, um, um, how do we say in German, uh, kicking the tail. Um, uh, that's not in German, but it's close enough. Uh, you did, you yeah, did all right. True. Oh, absolutely. Honestly, I broke my own record. So this week I have like 30, 37% profit. It's really amazing. Wow. So, Wow, that's good. You know, so Svenja, unintentionally, it worked. So, you know, the the fiasco in, in, in making sure that X-Flow was correct um, before it went out did you, I think, wonders. Because it, it kind of pushed you... And, we, we call it tough love sometimes, right? It, it kind of pushed you over the edge to make sure you were independent of X-Flow. You know, and I stressed that a couple of times. You know, you had to be, you know, and everybody, you got to be independent of X-Flow because if you don't know the rules that you're trading with and you're just trading with an algorithm that's going to make it easier for you um, to trade blindly, that's not going to be any good because you're not going to understand how the market's moving, what's causing or what's triggering those trades. And, you know, following blind is probably not the best approach. But um, do you think that, uh, you know, kind of pushing <laughs> over the vi virtual cliff into trading it, uh, helped you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I uh, like especially trading every day, spending a lot of time uh, analyzing. It helped me so much. And um, yeah, it's uh, now now I feel definitely like you say, uh, X-Flow will be great for me, but I don't even need it. I mean, it's yeah. just like I, I do my own analysis. But I'll take it as an indicator and see, like, oh, nice, okay, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I'm looking forward to 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 seeing it as well, so that I can I can sort of like verify uh, maybe I'm missing out on some trades, which, uh, for example, you know. Sure. Well, but, you yeah. know, you had said something earlier this week about the lines, and I said those lines have been there for 12 years or so. Um, those those lines were transition lines and a transition line is a is a line that shows up when the market fails to go one direction so if the market fails in volume or price to move to the downside that becomes well a failure and therefore when it starts to transition positive on volume and price a couple of ticks in price then it shows a positive or a blue transition line Right, so those failures are part of what I was describing in X Flow, uh, you know, a few minutes ago before we, you know, went on the call live. Uh, so those are those are critical, and those are rules that um, are there in in somewhat of a structure because that gives us the continuation of bid ask bounce. That gives us the breach of bid-ask bounce. Um, so all of those are, you know, all of those are, have a have a component or a significant component of value. But uh, it, it's good it's good to see that you're you're finding confidence and you're trading independently and 
anything over 5% a week is exceptional. Anything over 10% a week is really good. Anything over 15 or 20% a week is time to go to the beach um, in very short order. But uh, yeah, so that's that's really good. Um, Liam, wh what did you end up doing this week? I um, I was actually out of the markets more than I was in the markets this week, but uh, still probably came out at about twelve percent. Okay, that's not that. That's still pretty good. I mean, that's that's in between the beach and the fairgrounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I was I was gonna compliment. I was gonna comment on that your conversation with uh, Spenya, the X flow delay actually i think took me to a different level to the point where now i'm like yeah i, I don't really i mean i i i'll, I'll look at it but I, I do not believe that i need it uh and so i'll be shocked and surprised and impressed if if it can add to that because it, it is just anymore you just look at these charts and and, and you you just know it's like second nature you know, mm -hmm. except for that Pippi guy. That Pippi guy, he keeps beating me out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he was going to show up on the call, but I decided not. Um, but, um, no, so that's good. But, you know, see, I, I've, I've said from the beginning that X-Flow is, is a training aid. It's an educational tool. It tunes your eyes into where, this, where the... Where the opportunities exist, um, it's not meant to be, you know, uh, a, a wheelchair per se. It's meant to be just a crutch, uh, and you know, kind of a pointer, saying, "Hey, look here. Here's the opportunity. Look at the market. Look at you know sentiment here. Look at you know volume here. Look at how price is moving. Look at the ind indexes, et cetera, et cetera, and then you get the follow through. So." Um, so yeah, good times. Ken, did you, any, you do any trading today or this week? Sorry, not today, <laughs> this week. Uh, no, I, I, I didn't get to do, to do much. Been caught up traveling and doing all sorts of stuff. Um, so, but I, I, I love following up with you guys, uh, in the chat, you know, watching the results and stuff like that. It's very inspiring. And, you know, uh, whenever I get some time, I'm hoping to, to fully get back in it and uh, start doing what I have to do. Sure, sure, sure. Where where are you traveling? Anywhere uh, fun? Just throughout the Bahamas. Nah, no way fun. Just work. <laughs> yeah, just around the Bahamas. Um, yeah, that's yeah. that's fun in itself. Um, <laughs> at, at least it's yeah, it, it's better than being in. Um, oh, let's let, let's say Ohio. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, now watch it because <laughs> Liam's in Ohio. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, yeah. So good times. Uh, how about you, Alex? Alex, you're on your first uh, month or so, uh, first couple of weeks uh, trading with um, the indexes and the differential and everything else. And I know you went some extensive, uh, pain, suffering, and anguish with, um, the not so smart money concepts. Um, you know, how was, how was your week? Uh, yeah, I, 
I'm I'm happy because of the results. I am like five percent up mm -hmm. with a ninety percent of winnings. Maybe, okay. More or less. So not bad. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, ninety percent accuracy <laughs> is always all right. Yeah. Um I mean that it, that is unless you're you know, your ten percent losing trades obliterate the ninety percent gains, and yeah, you can get that. You can get that, but if you stick to the rules, uh, it's going to be fairly tough um, not to uh, you know not not to generate a return. Um, and hold on, hold on, just a second, because I. You, know, I took home some bacon this week myself, um, and it was about what's that? Comes. Here it comes. Is it all you're gonna show off now? No, 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 no. Sixty-three point seven percent. Yeah, so it was a good week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pippi the pirate. Yeah, Pippi. Pippi taking yeah, it, Pips. Yeah, and and most of it was most of it was Wednesday, um, and then some more follow through. Um, I don't know if I did anything on Monday. Maybe just a little bit. Um, I don't recall. I don't think anything on Monday. So it would have been maybe some Tuesday. Majority of it FOMC Wednesday, and then um, Thursday, and then yesterday you know, a little bit more. Actually traded some um, late yesterday afternoon while I was on a call. Um, and that took that took a couple well it took about one percent away from me. Uh, but uh, it was it was well worth it. Um, you know, as just reinforcement, don't trade at four forty in the afternoon on a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the stupid things we do. I might as well go back to trading something like uh, something different, like smart money concepts. If I'm going to do that on a Friday, yeah, not so smart money concepts. Um, that's a lot of pain and suffering for people. You know, I had a couple of conversations, you know, and yesterday in a couple of um, actually Facebook posts and. The guy showed a his chart, and he was looking at euro dollar, and he was looking at like a one hour chart, and he had this trend line moving to the upside, and then a sharp prediction of it moving lower, and he says you can wait, you know, something about smart money, you can wait you know, forever, you know, discipline in a trader is waiting for the right setup. And I said, yeah, but you missed the first 150 of them. You know, um, and I don't know if it was 150, but he, he certainly missed at least 150 setups, you know, for the one. Um, and yeah, it's just, yeah. No comment. It's just absurd that people don't understand how the market moves. What's causing it to move? You know, how is sentiment changing direction? And, you know, how does volume follow through and get that pressure to move the market, you know, from change to change? And then 
realize or recognize that price action is in fact a lagging approach and how do you get ahead of you know price action to make your trading effective and anything effective um, anything over 80% accuracy is pretty darn effective matter of fact that's the top 1% of traders around the world without a doubt without a doubt because even even the deep pocket institutional traders are you know struggling for that 60% 65% level you know and i'm not talking about arbitrage or ultra high frequency you know market making approaches i'm talking about speculators um, you know 60% 65% is kind of the top so um, alex where were you in terms of accuracy 90% all right, that's pretty good. Uh, Cody, where were you in terms of accuracy? Do you know? Uh, I'd have to check again, but uh, on average over the years, so, uh, it's been in the 80-90% range. Okay, and um, Liam? Yeah, actually I slipped this week. I'm, I'm very cognizant of that number to 89.43%. Okay. All right, yeah, that's a suffering. Svenja? Uh, 90% for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it doesn't take long from this point. Um, it does not take long. You, you stick to those rules, um, whatever each of those rules are. You know, everybody might have a different set of rules for themselves, but it's all the same. It's just how you're looking at it. You know, because so, somebody might look at, you know, DPA from the upper right corner of the chart where it just says DPA and somebody else might be looking at the ribbon. And Svenja, you might be looking at sentiment, but, you know, Liam is looking at, you know, volume or something like that. Or maybe Svenja is looking at sentiment on the candle or maybe Liam's looking at sentiment on the candle. There's so many different ways to use the same data you know, it's how you're looking at it that makes the difference. So every, you know, everybody above that 85% accuracy level is just unheard of. And that's where we're at. Um, Terrence just uh, joined on the call. Terrence, if you want to turn your microphone on for just a moment. And if not, that's fine too. Yeah. How you doing? Good morning. Morning. Long morning. night. Yeah. Um, so are you you studying away? Are you finding any any insight? You where are you at? I am definitely still learning some things. Um, I am finding insight. I, I am. I'm thinking that I'm still having to definitely get some of my old views of the market, but I I do see the value in the tools that we're using. Yeah, well, um, most of the time, most of the time, and only only 95 times out of 100, the best thing you can do with old habits or old methods is eliminate them. Get rid of them. Get rid All of right. them. And I, and I say that because if they haven't provided you profit before, consistent profit, they're not going to. 
you know, and you know, we all we all get into the that rut of using those old you know habits, and and that kind of breaks it down between you know the different types of traders that we talk about in the course. There's the the follower who's going to follow a set of signals, and he's going to do as well, or he or she will do as well as the signals. And then there's the engineer who kind of breaks everything down. And then there's the genius. And the genius uses those old habits and takes a timely, uh, profitable strategy and disintegrates it with old habits. You know, and whether those old habits are, you know, technical studies or anything else, it's those old habits that you have to get rid of. You know, wipe the slate clean. And when you wipe the slate clean, I promise you, you know, Svenja said she's, you know, above that 90%. Um, Alex just said he's above 90%. Uh, Liam is at, um, he's suffering succotash. He's at 89%, uh, you know, and Cody's probably somewhere around that 90% as well. Uh, so it's, you just do what they've done. Forget what forget what we think we know about the market already, because if it hasn't provided you consistent returns, that, you know, or given you a tremendous amount of insight, and it's it, then it's not going to. So forget it, you know. And that becomes a lot of it becomes a lot of pain. It's a pain point, you know, because we spend, as Alex has said a couple of times, we spend three, four, five years studying something to realize it was all worthless. It was all wasted effort, right, Alex? Yeah. Yeah. He says, Absolutely. yeah. How many, <laughs> Alex, how many years did you spent four or five years with SMC or something like that? Mm, maybe three years. Three years with SMC, not, but yeah, but five total. And no results. And no results. Not a single month with profit. And matter of fact, you had one year where every trade was a loser, right? Yep. Were That's you on the beach I for that? The, the track record of that. What? Were you on the beach for that yes. one? Hey, no. No. <laughs> Absolutely. But so, so one year of losing trades. When was when was that? Mm, a couple of years ago. Two or three. Yeah, two two years ago. The the pandemic year. The the uh -huh. beginning maybe. I think that was the, the year, or maybe a couple okay. of months before. Okay. And you said you're 90% accurate this week? Yeah. And the 10% the that was a loss was because my fault, no, no, not the system. Yeah. That's a, the funny part, you know? Yeah. It's, well, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, you think it's tough for you guys. It's really tough for me um, because I've spent so, so long, so many years developing something, you know, that it, it's, it's not strategy, right? And kind of sounds you know, absurd to say that. It's not strategy at all. It's never meant to be strategy. Or it was never meant to be strategy. It was meant to identify, again, what causes the market to change direction and move. And then continue those moves. But all it does is it recognizes why prices change direction. 
And again, it's sentiment and volume, and we break those down, right? So what it's doing is keeping you on the correct side or the strong side of price movement. That's it. But it was never meant to be strategy. It just happens to be on the data or it happens to be analysis on the data that causes the candles to move in the first place. And the result is that it keeps you aligned with the direction. So as Alex said, it wasn't the strategies, wasn't the approach's fault. It was his own. But it's easier for you guys to trade it as strategy much easier than it is for me to trade it. But I trade it well. Don't get me wrong, I trade it well, but it's easier for you guys to trade it as strategy than it is for me because I developed it. And it's just a confidence issue. You know, it's a, a, a mental issue. We've, we've all got those weaknesses. And there's sometimes I look at it and when I, when I make a mistake, it's because I fail to recognize the immediate change in direction, which is plain as day on the charts but I failed to believe the analysis that it's already given. So if I go short, and, and I, I experienced it a couple times this week, you know, a few times this week, maybe three or four or six, who knows, where get into a position, it goes a couple of pips my way, it recognizes the change, and I fail to change with that change. And then I have to grind it out. But had I not ground those out, I can tell you the gain was over 120% this week. 122%. If I didn't have those losses because I failed to recognize the change. So recognize those changes. Because that's where the market continues. Sometimes, you know, pulls back away from you and then continues. But that's also where the market changes direction completely. That's it. Yeah. Nick, uh, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, you were trading in, in a live room, and um, I was chatting with Liam on uh, Telegram. And I'm like, I think I'm trading like uh, completely against him on a lot of these. I mean, you, you ground him out in one, but I was just taking like small profits like against you like the whole time. Yep. Anyway, I just thought, I, just thought I'd pick on you a little bit there. Yeah, great. Great. Yeah. When is your TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, I'm you gonna... still, you made more than I did. You know, you, you ground, you just, you can grind it out and, and you know, make it work. But uh, it was just, I was just adding to what you were saying there. The, yeah. The data doesn't, doesn't lie. Yeah, it does. I'm going to flip, flip yeah, that coin. I, and I, I noticed this week, while I did notice that, what, what he was speaking about, I noticed my own personal growth was that, I have a habit of cutting short. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm real comfortable in that 2.9, 3.6 move. And then I'm like, yeah, I got to get out. Uh, but then I did notice, uh, especially when I was having a rough time out of Thursday, out of FOMC into Friday, uh, that if I just pay more attention to 
the volume movement and I, I really stick with that volume and the, the uh, differential, I was pulling out, you know, 9, 12, 13, 15 point moves because I, instead of just adapting to my strategy, I paid attention to what the data on the chart was showing me. So there's another side to that coin for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and that's kind of the, the perk of having XFlow, um, you know, give us those triggers is then it's not just, you know, you may be in a position short and it says, hey, we're, we're no longer in a short move because the differential is no longer continuing and it's pulling back and sentiment is starting to flicker those upside pressures. Um, you know, if you're in a short trade or in a short position, it's like the difference between spending cash in your hand or a credit card. Nine times out of 10, people will spend that credit card so much faster than if they had cash in hand because they don't physically realize the, the anguish or the pain or the expense out of their pocket. It's only credit. It's only credit. So it's the same thing. We get into a position and we recognize that, all right, it might not be going against us, but this is on credit. You know, we don't feel that pain, that immediate sense of loss if we hold on to a position. And unfortunately, that, you know, that can that can hurt us or can it can be a short term drawdown. Um, you know, and if it is a short term drawdown, I tend to, you know, tend to grind it out. And I might, you know, so yesterday I had a couple hundred trades and by the time I got done, I had 480 trades for the day, um, you know five six legs ten legs you know short taking a couple of pips taking a couple of pips taking a couple of pips you know as it worked its way against me i see those resistance points and i'll take a couple and i'll take a couple and i'll build on you know some some cash flow to it but yeah being in a position is the equivalent of you know utilizing a credit card where we don't we don't give it the same respect if it's a losing trade because it's only in an open position and it's not necessarily a, an established loss yet. So follow the analysis, you know, and that'll be the benefit for everyone to uh, watch the alerts on XFlow is that it'll tell us, you know, where we should be out of the trade. Uh, and the more... The more we stick to that, the, the better off we'll be, right, for everyone. Yeah. All right, um, I'm out of here. Uh, good call, good session. Uh, it's good to hear from everyone. Uh, Terrence, keep on forging through and uh, through the river uh, of, uh, of focus, uh, and everybody else will catch you on the flip side. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, cheers. Cheers. You've just listened to an episode of the FX Money Show, where every day Nick discusses analysis that drives traders' confidence through the roof. Subscribe to the podcast, enjoy the show, and discover your inner trader.
The service of the FX Money Show is to provide foundational educational content to trading listeners of foreign exchange and other financial markets. Anything expressed in the FX Money Show by its producers or guests is educational in nature and in no way constitutes advice. You must understand the risks associated with trading financial products and use only capital you can afford to risk. 